Chapter 5 The Wrath of Thurlac A powerful gust ripped across golden plains of grass. Unprepared for the burst of wind, Turin stumbled. The thunder had steadily grown for hours, and dark clouds shrouded the sky. She knew that she shouldn't, but felt compelled to glance behind her, northward and into the wind. She had decided long ago that she would stare death down when it finally came for her. A blackened wall consumed everything in that direction. It stretched from the rolling plains up into dark clouds overhead. Lightning flickered constantly from within, but their blinding flashes did little to shine through the storm wall. Despite her bold aspirations about facing death, she was also a sensible girl. She turned and ran. With the wind at her back, she nearly flew over the tall grass, which leaned over flat under the onslaught. Turin couldn't outrun an elemental storm, she knew that. She only needed to reach that distant farmhouse she had spotted from a couple hills back. The promise of shelter on the trade road to Runeport had lured her out of the forested foothills. Maybe I should have taken my chances with getting cut up by those barbarous Illyrians and stayed in the mountains. She might have found a cave or large crevice in the rocks there. Anything would have been better than the wide-open plains before her. A thick, leafy branch, as long as she stood tall, tumbled past. It bounced once off the folded grass and as it lifted slightly, the wind grasped and flung the branch for more than a hundred paces. She couldn't stave off the vision of herself becoming the next thing swept up by Thurlac's wrath. Finally, a smudge of hope ahead. Where the wind had finally released the branch stood her farmhouse, her shelter against the storm, her fortress of rocks. As she drew nearer, what she had thought a man-made structure morphed into a pile of rocks. Another dozen strides and she realized her initial assessment held some truth, albeit only some. The old stone farmhouse still had part of two walls standing, and that was being generous. The thick northern corner, built to withstand a storm wall, stood alone to cut through the wind in front of a roofless pile of rubble. The elemental gods have a sick sense of humor, she thought. Well, it made for a better shelter than standing in the open. Thunder nipped at her heels, though she didn't dare look back. A fear screamed that every stride would be her last before the storm pulled her into its embrace. The darkness of the storm all crept ever closer, breathing its icy wind on her neck. The apparent stability of the ruins diminished the closer she came. Did maintaining this pile of shit after each elemental storm chase off the inhabitants, or had it been crime and raiders? Turin let the idle thought distract her from her fear for a moment before brushing it aside with the wind. She slowed her pace to duck in behind the remaining walls, or rather she tried to. The wind shoved her a dozen strides past the ruins before she could stop and turn about. She then faced the worst part of overshooting her mark. As she leaned forward at an angle to claw back some ground against the headwind, she stared into the seething fury of the storm wall. She squinted against the wind. Her fear-rattled mind started playing tricks, because she swore an uprooted tree surfaced in that churning dark mass. Then it melted back into the shrouded curtain as more lightning danced within. Once she made it into the lee of the northern corner of the ruins, the wind faded. She stayed low, crawling over the piled rubble until finding her way to the northern corner. It's built to withstand the storm wall. It's thicker than the other walls. It can last one more storm. 
She repeated her attempts at self-assurance, though the pile of stonework before her provided little confidence. She desperately hoped it had been Crimans that killed these farmers. Turin took off her pack to cradle it close and tucked herself into the nook of the corner. A moment later, the darkness of the storm engulfed everything around her. It roared overhead like a dragon, and the ground and walls she pressed up against reverberated from nearby thunder. Swirling wind found its way into her shelter, whipping her hair about wildly. She had felt the growing cold before, but now that she sat unmoving, it ate at her limbs. She had a cloak rolled up in her pack. Half blinded by her hair, she tried to pull the cloak out to wrap around her. Then the wind twisted around the ruined wall to snatch it. It flapped once, as her fingers refused to let go, but that shadow-cursed asshole Thurlak proved the stronger and tore it from her grasp. She yelled a stream of curses at the god and his blasted storm that would make any murk blush. The words were lost in the torrent, even to her ears. Turin didn't even believe in the elemental gods, but she really needed someone to vent her frustration at. She huddled closer to the remnants of her stone wall and sank low, cradling her knees up to her chest in an attempt to stay warm. The temperature continued to plummet with each second. Her fingers clenched her jacket closed as tight as she could. The sharp sting that preceded numbness already started to work through her limbs. An arc of lightning flashed right on top of her. The wall she leaned against shook violently with the blast. Blinded by the light and deafened by thunder, she could only feel the chunks of stone after they fell off the wall. Smaller pieces hit her arm and shoulder while a larger chunk the size of her head offered a muted thud as it landed a handspan from her feet. The next string of curses at the god of air might have been her best collection yet. She cursed Thurlak in Old Imperial, Faraway, and Drysak, every language she knew. She even threw in a bit of Overlairi from the Isles granted, she didn't know what Saspooners meant, only that the dark-skinned Isles man who she heard use it had caused a brawl in one of Runeport's dock taverns, so it must have been a good one. She had thought herself dead before, when the Tellerian found her going through Jorgen's corpse. She would probably never know why he had pulled his blow, refraining from cleaving her head from her shoulders. Elements, why had he even let her go in the end? Most likely some divine prick of a god had helped her get clear of that mess, only to snide her with the wrath of the storm wall. Her pitiful attempt at religion and the irony of it all almost made her laugh, and she would have if her body ever stopped shivering. Even huddled in a ball, her limbs shook in a frenzy. The icy wind cut through her leather jacket and pants. She really didn't want to die like that, not while still having all her knives. She always thought she would be able to face whatever threatened her, so long as she still had one more knife at hand. Another boom of thunder rattled the wall, but no lightning struck her hobbled shelter this time and it held. Would it be the cold to take her first or would the ruined wall finally give way to bury her? With Tarin's luck, it would be the later, only it wouldn't kill her outright. She would be left to freeze with limbs broken or her skull cracked. It might be better to stand up and leap into the storm. Let the wind take her in and blow her out across the golden plains all the way to the chasms like a limp sack of meat. Alright, maybe that was a bit morbid, even for Turin. If she had a choice out of all the ways to go in a storm wall, it would be via lightning strike. Frying into ash would surely be quick, and hopefully painless. Thurlak must have been real, 
because the storm chose that moment to show her what that end might look like. Another bolt of lightning lanced downward right in front of her. She shut her eyes before it blinded her this time. The thunder shook every organ in her chest to the point where her heartbeat skipped. Maybe it had stopped for a moment, she couldn't tell. When she dared to open her eyes, a partial wall that had stood across from her had almost entirely vanished. Only the blackened stub of its base remained, the rest pulverized into dust and carried off in the relentless wind. She didn't bother swearing at the storm this time. Her cold lungs didn't have the energy. Tarin settled for huddling tighter into her little ball. Her cold fingers lost their grip on her jacket. One side of her coat flapped wildly, letting the bitter cold inside while she desperately tried to pull it closed. As hard as she tried, she couldn't make her numb hand grab the damn thing. Her fingers fumbled through the motions, not quite responding to her commands. So, it would be the cold that would get her after all. In her desperate attempt to close her coat, her arm bumped something hard on her belt. At least she still had that stupid heart stone in her pouch. The same stone that got her old mentor and the rest of her mat company killed, and she supposed in a way, it was about to kill her too. That shiny piece of golden rock had been a pretty sight though. She remembered how it glowed and that odd tingling warmth that flowed through her when she held it. Prior to this excursion, she had only ever seen heartstones worn or carried by the children of the Golden Order. The children channeled the essence inside to deal out healing to those in need, or in Tarin's experience those with coin. She had received numerous healing treatments from the faithful, each adorned with golden heartstones set in rings and amulets made of pure gold. Though she had never actually held one prior to her latest job. The stone called to her then, begging to be held again. With the way her fingers were behaving, she would probably drop it and lose it to the storm. She reached down anyway. Her hand tried and failed to open the pouch. She tried again, failed again. This time, she cast her curses inward. She bared down and reached with both of her numb hands, letting her jacket fully open. At last, she got the pouch open. Both of her hands cradled the stone. Its warmth immediately seeped into both of her hands and her grip tightened, more in control. She lifted it before her face. The swirling golden clouds of essence within the stone resembled the tempest surrounding her. Yet somehow, it calmed her in. The warmth continued to spread through her arms, and she didn't care that her coat lay open to the cold anymore. A gust of wind whipped by and tugged at her arms. She jerked her hands and the heart stone tight against her chest. Her body wiggled, trying to get deeper into the corner of the ruined wall. She refused to lose the elemental stone, not after all she went through to get it. If she were to freeze, she would do so with it tucked up against her. Then whatever scavenger or crime and raider that found her in the storm's wake could have it. Her awareness still recognized the violence of the storm, but it seemed a distant thing as she basked in the warm touch of the heartstone. She had tucked it inside her shirt, to press up against the bare skin of her chest. From there, it spread to reach every corner of her body. Tarin had come a long way from that shack in the rural Tanglewood. She still had so much that she wanted to do. She hadn't received a proper chance to rise in the mercenary ranks and make a name for herself yet. A proper chance at life always managed to elude her. 
No sooner than she had finally found some comfort in her situation, it appeared another unseen god taunted her. With the invigorating warmth of the heartstone also came the memory of the white stag. Its knowing gaze haunted her even then in the midst of an elemental storm. The vision she had seen after looking into the stag's eyes repeated over and over. She had hardly thought of that bizarre hallucination since fleeing the mountain. Now it returned in full clarity. As it repeated itself, she had an uncanny suspicion that the man seen amongst the carnage had been the very Illyrian that had let her go. She failed to forcibly shake the vision clear, determined not to go out with such things on her mind. The warmth that filled her offered hope in survival. While holding the heartstone offered that hope, simply having it in her possession and not belonging to the Golden Order would earn her an execution, assuming someone didn't kill her first to take it for themselves. As much as she yearned to do so, keeping it upon returning to Roomport wasn't an option. At the same time, she didn't know how to proceed with offloading it onto Jorgen's former buyer. A string of lightning strikes threatened to squash her dream of surviving. If it came down to it, her situation wasn't a terrible way to die. To be caught outside in an open field during the most violent of elemental storms, whilst also holding the most sought after of all elemental stones. It almost deserved a minstrel's song, one of the sad, ironic southern ballads. No one ever lived in those.